shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Health and Wealth Podcast with your hosts, Tim and Carter. What's trending in Richards? Carter Wilcoxon, founder of CSI Financial Group here with my co-host and former wealth advisor, Tim James, founder of chemicalfreebody.com and your new health advisor. This is the show where we reveal the connection between physical and financial abundance. Hey, welcome back in Richards. Carter Wilcoxon coming to you from uh, sunny, warm Phoenix, Arizona. It's uh, right around 108 degrees out here in the desert. It's a dry heat, though. I promise there is a huge difference. Uh, we are super excited about having our guests coming on uh, today, coming in from the East Coast. But before we bring in Ben Offit of Offit Advisors, let me go ahead and bring in my esteemed co-host, Mr. Chemical Free Body himself, Tim James. Timmy, how are you, my man? Hey, doing good, brother. Doing good. Just uh, had a long weekend. We went up to a Washington by Mount Adams to a mud festival. So we a band went up there and we got to play a little bit. Um, I didn't play in that band, but I took my guitar and walked around and ended up playing in the uh, in the what do you call it? There's little um, food carts. Uh-huh. There was a Mexican food cart there, and I met the owners and stuff. And I was in there playing music inside of the food cart, and then I, I did a couple campfires and just went around and met a bunch of people and connected, and it was a lot of fun. And and um, I'm dragging a little bit from a lot of driving and <laughs> so, <laughs> staying up late. Those things, that thing went to like two in the morning or something like that. So well, well, we're we're gonna thank- call- go ahead. That- well, I was gonna say thank God I have all my products and all the stuff, my little tricks and hacks to. Bring myself back, but I need one more night of good sleep, and I'll be back 100%. So I'm like well, 92% well, today. Thank goodness for that. I did hit my sauna this morning and everything. We went out for an early morning walk, but it, in the summertime here in Phoenix, we have monsoons, right? And last night, we got pounded from like 10 o'clock until like 4 o'clock in the morning. It literally, I, I got basically shot out of bed because our power went off and then came back on and this like thunder boomer and everything. Um and it was it crazy, but we went out for a walk this morning because it was nice, you know, fresh rain and everything. So that was cool. And then, of course, I hit the sauna uh, because myself this week for you and Richards who are listening that are golf fans at all. It was the Open Championship, which means that golf comes on at three o'clock in the morning, started at three o'clock in the morning. And me and uh, my better half, Christina, were uh, were up bright and early each day. Uh, starting Friday morning at three o'clock in the morning, list, watching uh, the Open Championship. So I, um, I was lacking a little bit of sleep as well, my man. So um, anyway, it happens. yeah. But as is normal, I always like to you know impart a little bit of golf almost every episode. If we don't have that, uh, I feel like we might go into withdrawals. But anyway, with all that being said, and Richers, we are super excited to bring in our guest today uh, from Maryland and from Offit Advisors. Ben Offit, uh, CFP. Ben, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you? Doing, doing fantastic. And uh, I know it's late on the East Coast. Tim and I are out here on the West Coast. It's three hours later there, and everything. So, so thank you very much for joining us uh, late, late in the day, taking you away from your family and everything to be able to do this. Uh, and 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 family is important. Obviously, you know we want to balance work life uh, and everything, but uh, we, we really are appreciative of having you come on and be our guest today on the uh, health and wealth podcast. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Our, our pleasure. So uh, Ben, as is normal on the health and wealth podcast, 
uh, what we want to do is we want to go ahead and have the enrichers, um, that's our audience that we call them, uh, share with them, you know, your story. You know, you know, we you normally don't grow up thinking, oh, I'm going to be a financial advisor, right? Now, we've had guests that come on that they sort of were in the area for a long time because of their parents or whatever. But, but let's go back and share with our listenership on um, what was it that, that first brought you into this industry of, you know, wanting to be in the financial advisory space and, and having a heart for helping people? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. I, I fell into it. I never expected to be in this line of work ever. Uh, just kind of happened. I'm, I know that's true for a lot of people, but that's what happened with me too. And uh, it's really been a great fit. Um, I was in college. I was an uh, entrepreneurship major, you know, very interested in starting my own business of some sort. Didn't know how that would manifest or come to light, but um, I knew that's what I wanted to do in some way, shape or form. And then I also knew I wanted to help people. Um, was pretty serious about that. You know, I felt like I needed to do something that had meaning and purpose. Um, and if it didn't, I felt like I would, you know, not be enjoying my days, I guess. Um, so I was looking for that, you know, combination and intersection of entrepreneurship and, you know, the ability to really make an impact um, and, you know, have that be unlimited, I guess, in both directions. Um, so I graduated from college in 2009. Um, right after you know right in the midst of you know the the great recession right right so it was a pretty scary time to graduate um i, I really had no idea what i was going to do i was looking for those two things but i didn't know what was going to happen next um my girlfriend at the time who's now my wife um, got a job in baltimore which is where i'm from and when that happened i felt like that was like a sign from god that i'm supposed to find a job in the area and you know, she got a job in my hometown and, you know, stay with her and figure it out. So uh, I was in the business school, University of Maryland, and got a call um, at like 9.30 in the morning. I was still sleeping, which is, you know, crazy for me now because now sleeping in for me is like 6.30. Um, but it was, you know, that was early for me uh, at the time. And they were like, hey, we saw your resume on the business school database, you know, would it want to come in for an interview and it was um northwestern mutual big life insurance company um uh you know financial services company and i was just like yeah sure you know whatever and i just you know hung up and went back to bed um but then i did some more research into it and um you know it looks like it could have some of those elements of you know helping people entrepreneurship not having a limit on my income earning capability and my my time and you know, um, I went with it, um, went to the interview, learned more about it and, uh, didn't really have many other opportunities. Uh, I liked what I heard. And so I started to go through the motions of it and I went through with it and I, you know, I, I gotta tell you, I mean, my family, you know, was like, we sent you to college for four years for you to come out of school and a commission-based job and sell life insurance. And, uh, it's just like, I guess, I mean, that's, that's, what's going to happen. I, I think it's going to work out well. And uh, I was, you know, pretty jazzed about it and I just went for it. And I think that was like my first uh, taste of just like, you know, whatever rejection I'm going to face or whatever people think, I don't care. I'm just going to go for it and do what I'm going to do. And 
I went right into it and just, you know, believed in it right away. I drunk the Kool-Aid and I just said, um, I'm going to do whatever they tell me to do to be successful. Uh, Cause that's what they told me. They said, if you do what we tell you and follow our playbook, you know, like a franchise, like a McDonald's, you'll, you'll, you'll make it. And I wanted to make it. I didn't want to fail. And uh, I just did that to a T. I, I really worked my tail off to uh, follow that playbook. And I, I did, and it worked. And uh, it, you know, I, I stuck around there for six and a half years. It was a hard decision to leave. Uh, and then I, I left to go more into the independent side, but that's kind of the, the long-winded story. Wow. No, that, that, that's awesome. So, um, so let, let's go back and get a little bit more personal. Um, your, your girlfriend at the time, wife now, congratulations. Um, Thank you. you guys met and you're both Terrapins. Did I hear that right? Or? Both Terrapins. Yep. And she's, uh, definitely the biggest accomplishment accomplishment in my life. And I, I mean that sincerely, uh, she's, you know, way out of my league and every way. And, uh, you so know, you, you use a football term because I saw in your bio, you're a Ravens fan, right? Yeah. You out, I'm a big Ravens you fan. Coverage on that deal. What's that? You outpunted your coverage on that deal. Yeah, I did. I yeah. definitely did. Um, yeah, we, uh, we lived on the same floor freshman year in college, same dorm room. There was a guy's side and a girl's side. And, um, you know, I met her pretty much the first day of college and I was like, who is that? I was like, you know, I, one day she'll be mine. And that, and then it happened. <laughs> so it was a dream come true for sure. Oh, that, that is, that is awesome. And then, um, so you guys been married for how long now then? Uh, it'll be nine years, uh, in, uh, November. Wow. Fantastic. And then how many kids you guys have together? Two, two boys, two young boys. Two young boys. Well, um, obviously they got to be fairly young, right? I mean, you just, so you met her in 2009. Uh, I graduated in 2009. I met her in 2005. Oh yeah, that's right. So your freshman year, you meet her. Mm -hmm. So all through college, you're dating and everything. Mm -mm. Nope. Didn't really start dating till like late junior year, early senior year, but had a, had a crush throughout. (laughs) But you were always working your angles, I'll bet, right? Yeah. Yeah, just waiting for my my opportunity. Nice. So so when you get this opportunity from Northwestern Mutual, then um, you guys are obviously very, I mean, you're married at the time, right? No, no. Uh, graduated college, still boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, didn't get married till, I guess, like three years later. Oh. So, yeah. Uh, no. Four years later. Yeah. Okay. Got engaged three years later. So how much of an impact or influence did she have on you or if there was any at all, as far as like going into the financial services business then? Well, I, I couldn't say that she directed me to get into this line of work. I would say, you know, her getting the job in Baltimore had an impact because i probably would have figured out a way to follow her. You know, if she had gone somewhere else, like if she had moved to New York or something, I probably would have probably figured out a way to go to New York as well or, or do something, you know, and that could have led me to, down a totally different path. Um, but, you know, we definitely took different paths. I mean, she took a big corporate finance job, you know, out of college and with, you know, a good salary starting out, you know, for someone out of college and, you know, a corporate track, uh, which was definitely the more normal thing to do out of college, I would say, out of business school. What I did, you know, 
was was weird or rare. People were like, "What? What are you doing? You're doing <laughs> that?" And yeah, they were like, "You could have done that right out of high school. Why you got to go to college for all that stuff?" Right. Yeah. Exactly. But you know, for me, like you know, I had that entrepreneurial mindset, and I was like, "Well, this this is entrepreneurial, even though it's more of a traditional, you know, service offering." It's the opportunity for me to build and grow something and get it, build a client base and kind of put my hard work into it and my, my effort. And, you know, that, that appealed to me. Yeah, that, that's awesome. So, um, so you talked a little bit about how it was, um, you know, six years in with Northwestern mutual, it was a, it was a tough decision to, to leave, but I would venture a guess as a fellow entrepreneur that your entrepreneurial spirit kept kicking in for you to really have your own business or practice. Is that fair? Definitely. Uh, it was just something in the back of my mind, like an itch I couldn't scratch and, you know, just something that was a recurring thought in my brain, you know, I could be doing this differently or better, or, you know, doing this way. And I, you know, I just felt constrained or confined somewhat, you know, Northwestern was great. Ultimately, you know, I built my foundation there and learned a, a lot and made a lot of great relationships, built a lot of like great clients, but um, yeah, it was just, you know, the entrepreneurial opportunity to do things even more so, you know, how I wanted to do them or how I felt. And also I just felt like I could be a better um, advisor, uh, honestly, just, you know, being independent, unbiased, not representing a manufacturer of products. Um, I just felt like I could, you know, really truly sit on the same side of the table as the client. And I felt like that was pushing me as well. I don't so, think people understand how important that is. Like when you're choosing a financial advisor, why, why independent is good because it's like, if you go to a baker, they bake. If you go to a surgeon, they cut. If you go to some place that sells a certain stock bond and mutual fund portfolio, that's probably what you're going to walk out of there with. And not to mention names, but there's um, one company that, like they pretty much off their crappy mutual funds and to, to the clients, you know, and it's like, and they incentivize their advisors to do that. And I just, it's just, people don't know. So like being independent to first off for those listening, if you're not an advisor and you're somebody that just, you know, is listening because you might want to hire an advisor or you are just, you know, interested in the show or whatever. Um, when you work with somebody independent, they had to take a big leap of faith to get out of where they were. They're, they're, I consider a captive agent. So they have to sell whatever they're told to sell. And they it's a very limited scope. So Mark, uh, so what ended up happening was, is that, um, uh, Ben actually walked away from that, that security and that safety with probably lots of clients and all that stuff to go out on his own, to try to do it right. And to be able to help people more and, and to be able to give them like, wow, if they really need, a hammer to hammer the nail in and I don't have to use a screwdriver anymore. Yeah. And I can really help them increase their rates of return, protect their assets. You know, just there's, it's, it's a lot more work to go independent. People don't realize you have to really put your time and effort into it and you have to run the whole show, everything from the whole gamut and deal with securities, you know, commission and all that. And it's a lot to be able to do what you're doing. So it's commendable. Thank you. I appreciate that. And yeah, I agree. It was, uh, it was it was scary for sure you know I, yeah, well, I, uh, and, and, and again as as all three of us are entrepreneurs here and everything what i what i'm wanting to know um and where i was going with that also is now you are married now you are going to go independent now what types of conversations are you having with your wife 
about leaving Northwestern Mutual in this maybe this comfort zone that you were in a little bit? Because no one likes change, but as an entrepreneur, that's what we're constantly thinking about, right? It, we're always thinking about how do you make the 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 mousetrap better, so to speak, right? How do you do it better? And you're always trying to do it better. So you are compelled, really, and 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 driven from that spirit that you have. I'm just curious. How was that? How were those types of conversations that you had with your wife about leaving Northwestern Mutual and now going independent? Yeah, um, she's definitely much more risk averse than I am. Um, so, you know, it's not a decision she would probably make, but, you know, she probably also would have been in the job that I was in in the first place. But I think at the end of the day, she believed in me and felt like, you know, she trusted that I, I was doing what I felt was right for the future. And, I think she knew if I if I did it, I would make it, and I think that's right. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and and I can tell you that my wife, I weigh out part of my coverage too, right? I tell people all the time, if you want to know how good of a salesperson I am, quote unquote, just meet my wife, right? Because there's no yeah. way that uh, someone this this beautiful and smart should be married to this guy. But right. um, but that support that you get at home, I mean, it's critically important for your success. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, you know, I'm thankful for that. You know, definitely, you know, you know, if you've got a good home life, you know, it's easier to be grounded and have that, you know, faith in yourself and that confidence that you've got that security in other ways. And, you know, also from a parental perspective, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm lucky. I had great parents growing up, you know, uh, definitely, you know, loving and supportive environment. And I think that, you know, helped instill confidence in, in me at a young age that, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be okay. You know, I think that's important. So I'm, I'm lucky for the path that I've had. Wow. Except when you wanted to sell insurance after four years of college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. But I think that, uh, Hey, what are you doing over there? I, I think that gave me a little bit of a, um, <laughs> a little bit of extra motivation, I think, which, which was actually good. Prove everybody that you could do it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. But you're right. Hey, it all helps. You got you got the wife at home. You got to take care of that. You know, kids are coming, all this stuff and little parental push and, and you know, yeah. and striving to do it yourself and just be a success. So that's awesome. So, yeah. All right, but, guys, we're going to take a quick break and when we get back. We're going to get into what Ben's doing over there to help people protect and grow their money. We'll be right back. Estate planning. What does that even mean? When the inevitable happens for everyone on this planet, your estate plan kicks into action. But first, let's start with what an estate is. An estate is simply everything you own. Now, here's the issue and what needs to be understood when this event occurs. You only have two choices on this plan. Number one, either you plan how your estate gets handed out and distributed to those you leave behind. Or number two, your state decides who gets everything you own. For the first time ever, you can now take complete and total control of this plan that you've been deprived of for most of your life and generations before you. You can get personalized assistance along the way with a team of specialists whose job it is to make sure you have true peace of mind. It's important to understand that estate planning is a journey and rest assured that our team will be available to you all along the way and at every step. Welcome to eState Plan home of the last estate plan you'll ever need. To learn more, make sure to reach out to your local advisor licensed with us or go to our website for more information.
What's up, Enrichers? Tim James here. I'm back with my co-host, Carter Wilcoxon. Today in the house, we have Ben Offit, Certified Financial Planner from the East Coast. And, you know, hey, Ben, you know what was really cool? I mean, before we get into all the cool stuff you're doing, I noticed that um, you uh, must have an insider at uh, Baltimore Magazine, or you're really good at what you do because he was named five-star wealth manager by Baltimore magazine in 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022 as a top wealth manager under, Oh, and he's also named a top wealth manager under 40 by fortune magazine. So pretty cool. You've, get, yes. you've been hustling over there. Haven't you buddy? Always hustling. So what are you doing to help your clients? And the byproduct of that is, you know, you get these little awards and these glass trophies. And I mean, it's kind of fun and stuff, but for me, like I could care less about the trophies. I just really wanted to grow my practice and help people. So what are you doing over there that uh, you think separates yourself? Yeah. I mean, really just that, I mean, you know, I've always just, I've always focused on helping people. I mean, like I said, in the beginning of the show that, you know, that was a huge component of entering this line of work for me was the opportunity to really make a difference in people's lives. And, that's what motivates me each day and focuses me each day, you know, and before each meeting, I just try to think of, well, you know, how can I truly help this person and make a difference um, in their, in their life today, this moment. And I think by doing that, I'm, I'm kind of like an introverted person and I'm, I, don't, I don't think I'm very salesy in the traditional sense, but I think that I get passionate and, you know, you know, focused and, you know, sincere and, and good at what I do, uh, you know, because of that desire to truly, you know, help them. And I think it's not about what I'm making or, you know, the opportunity for me, it's about, well, how can I make as much of an impact on this person? And, you know, by doing that, that's when you get good results, I think, because it's, you know, it's that sincere, genuine belief in what I'm recommending or, prescribing for the client, I guess. Well, one of, let, me, let me just, uh, I want to jump in because you were talking about all those awards that, uh, that obviously Ben won. But as I'm looking at your resume, the thing that stands out to me is uh, you, you really, you're not a generalist. You are a specialist. Like, like you understand um, the PNC side of the equation, right? You understand you've got your real estate license. You're a CFP. I mean, you know, you can manage money, uh, you know, insurance. I mean, it, it runs the whole gamut of the things that you can provide for your clients. Uh, and, and I got to say, I don't know if I've ever, and this is 20 years working as an advisor to advisors. I don't know if I've seen any advisor who had their real estate license, their PNC license, their life insurance license, their securities license. It's it's pretty impressive, Ben. There's no doubt about it. And, and if you are out there shopping for someone to even know how to do all of those different things, that tells me that you are trying to be the one-stop shop, so to speak, for your clientele. And I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but is that some of the the idea? Or, or we need to get this guy a hobby. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that one-stop shop concept that um, you know we we've used that term, and you know that is something that's crossed my mind a lot. I think. For me, I, you know, I talked about leaving Northwestern Mutual. Also, a big part of that beyond the entrepreneurship thing and you know being a, a, a better advisor. Actually, well, in, in, hand in hand with being a better advisor is I, I got my CFP 
you know, designation when I was at Northwestern Mutual. And that also lit up a bunch of light bulbs in my, my brain. And, you know, when we were studying for that, it was about so many different subject matters that, you know, didn't pertain to, you know, selling insurance. And that's not the only thing you do at Northwestern. That's obviously a, a big focus of it. But, you know, things about like reverse mortgages or cash flow or estate planning or auto insurance or, you know, so many different subjects. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, you know, why am I not focusing on all this stuff as much as I'm focusing on the insurance aspect? Um, you know, a real advisor really needs to be able to help clients with all these things. And so that was the first thing. And then I started thinking, well, you know, there's got to be more than the environment that I'm in to be able to do more of this stuff and be more uh, in depth with clients. Then once I went to the independent channel, um, you know, I, I couldn't get my PNC license at Northwestern. It wasn't allowed. And I, I said, well, why not? Why, why can't I get it now? And I got it and my real estate license and, um, you know, just started going down all this, all these different roads and it made me more knowledgeable in all these different ways as well. And then we actually started, you know, to do more services in house that we, you know, got into tax filing and bookkeeping and accounting and property and casualty insurance. And we really were starting to form this one-stop shop and, you know, we were su su successful in doing that, you know, but we actually just changed course, you know, this year um, because even though we've been building up those different uh, aspects to our business, we, I think kind of realized that uh, while it's good to be able to serve clients in those regards that, our still our, our core business is financial planning and investment advisory and insurance and we kind of were you know veering away a little bit from our, our main main focus and we thought we could be you know just better at going back to our our roots so to speak um so it's just been kind of a an evolution uh, we'll see what the future holds i mean it's we get bigger as a firm over time you know potentially we'll get back into it but right now we're just focused on our our core model okay now that's awesome so um so I'm curious, was it, and maybe I missed this part of it um, in, in the first segment. And, uh, and Richards, again, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. We're on here with Ben Offit of Offit Advisors, uh, CFP, and uh, um, the jack of all trades, it looks like. overall. Um, but did you go straight from Northwestern Mutual to starting Offit, or did you, was there something in between, and then you started Offit Advisors? Good question. There was something in between in a way. Um, so I was, you know, honestly a star at Northwestern Mutual. You know, I was one of the top, you know, younger advisors in the country, you know, but again, most of that was, you know, on the insurance angle uh, side of things because that's, you know, the bread and butter sure. at Northwestern. So when I went to leave um, Northwestern, I didn't want to go straight to an RA channel. Um, I'm in an independent broker dealer slash hybrid RA set up now because a lot of my accounts were um, commission based from Northwestern, but none of the independent broker dealers really wanted me um, because they didn't really care about my insurance production. They cared about my investment production, which sure. was decent, but not high enough to go out on my own. Um, so what happened was I joined forces with another um, advisor where we, sh we we formed a new brand. He was an older advisor, had a bigger book of business than I did. 
And I basically was under his branch, I guess, technically you could say, but we had, you know, the same brand, totally separate profit and loss statements, totally separate expenses, totally separate clients. It's just like we were together. And that's what allowed me to um, get into the independent space that I'm in now. So that firm was called Clear Path Advisory. And we formed that together. And then after two years with together, I, I realized that we weren't on the same, you know, trajectory, I, I guess you could say, and what we wanted out of the business. And that's when I decided to, you know, just separate and make it off at advisors, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. And no, it, it makes perfect sense. I just, I just had a suspicion that it wasn't straight from Northwestern to Offit. It felt like there was something, you know, in between. Um, and, yeah. and and that was your, uh, again, I, I would venture a guess that you're like, you weren't philosophically exactly aligned and you're like, I can do it better, right? So you went from Northwestern Mutual and you're like, that was great foundation to learn all yeah. these things. Then you get your CFP and you're like, wait a second, there's so many more better things we can do. And then you're like, hey, I met this guy. Let's do something. And then you're there for two years and you're like, I, no, I get, I, you, I just have to take the bull by the horns and do it myself. Is that? Yeah, that's exactly right. But, you know, again, the other gentleman I'm still close to, I learned a lot from him as well. You know, I, he helped me, you know, change into the independent space, which was a huge change. Um, and so, you know, he also came from the insurance world prior. So he kind of knew what that leap was about. So we definitely had some commonalities there and he was helpful to me. And, um, you know, I learned a lot, you know, but at the same time, you know, still like at Northwestern, people ask me, well, how long has your practice been around? And, you know, I really, I really look at it like it's been around since day one, you know, um, 13 years now, it's just been in different locations, right? It's like, it's always been my practice. It's always been my clients, my expenses. Like it's always been, you know, relying upon what I'm doing each day. It's just had different houses or places yeah. where it's lived. Well, a little different branding, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. driving a different vehicle. That's it. Right. You, but, you, you were the centerpiece. Yeah, exactly. You know, so like my clients along the way are like, okay, that's fine. You know, makes it, you know, as long, as long as you're still there, it, you know, it doesn't matter if it's, Northwestern or clear path or whatever. So it's just been one, uh, one evolution after the next, and I'm sure there's gonna be many more in the future. Um, it's just, uh, embracing change and embracing new opportunities and just getting better along the ways each, each step as you can. Yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about your, uh, about your clientele. I see obviously on your bio, young professionals, entrepreneurs, retirees, and you know, um, you know, things like that. So, um, what does your, you know, your clientele from end to end, right? Like demographic wise, um, are, are they from, you know, late twenties, early thirties, all the way up to eighties? Um, you know, what, what does your makeup look like? And, and a secondary question is, what do you think it is that your clientele like about working with Offit advisors? Yeah. The clientele is pretty diverse, um, in all different ways, you know, ages, backgrounds, you know, religions, socioeconomic statuses, uh, occupations. We like that, you know, you know, I, it's all different kinds of people. I feel like we're well-versed in serving, you know, like, like the young professional all the way to, you know, the, the post-retiree. Um, 
And what was your second question? <laughs> I, I was just wondering about, you know, um, well, actually, let me tie that question back to a, a, a different way to ask it. You started off at advisors, you're yourself, but when you look on your website, it looks like you've got a pretty substantial team yeah. that's this whole organization. So are they working mainly with Ben Offit or are they working with some of your different advisors? How does the makeup and what do your clients like about working with uh, yeah. yeah, so the makeup has continued to change. Yeah, we've added more team members and advisors um, and staff and it's certainly grown over time. I mean, you know, for a long time, it really, you know, was just me and, you know, an admin, right? Uh, or an operations person, and then maybe another admin doing something else. But now we really have a team. We take a team approach. So the concept is now that when a client comes in, whether they're working with me or whether they're working with another advisor on our team, that they're getting a common, you know, same financial planning experience and process and philosophy, um, you know, regardless of who's working with them. And, you know, I, I do still work with clients, but we also have other advisors on the team, you know, who work with clients too. Um, and I think what they like about it is, you know, we're very honest, transparent, truthful, you know, know our stuff, great service, uh, we're great connectors for business owners. That's, we have a lot of business owner clients. Uh, we have a good network of people. So we're always just trying to impact the business owner in other ways beyond just our services, but by introducing them to other resources or, uh, you know, potential clients for them or referral partners for them. Um, I think we just, you know, put the puzzle pieces together and, you know, just try to give them confidence, peace of mind, clarity, just like our, our tagline says. And I, I think we know what we're doing and people get good value. Perfect. Um, so are you guys all in like a one office location? Cause you know, again, looking on your website, it looks like there's, there's a pretty substantial size team. Uh, and then, um, so I'm assuming there's one office location. So we have one main office location, which is where I'm at right now, but then we have other like satellite offices where, you know, we might, you know, um, you know, have client meetings if it's more geographically convenient, um, you know, or, you know, we might have someone work out of there for the day. Uh, but you know, we do have one main hub in central Maryland between Washington, DC and Baltimore. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so over the last two and a half years, obviously there's been something that's changed this entire plan. And I don't know if you've heard about this or not, um, but how have things been going as far as client like meetings, uh, whether they're live or whether they're virtual, has there been a, a substantial change one way or the other? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'd say before the pandemic, um, you know, we were probably 75% in person, 25% virtual, and that was probably high at the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, during the pandemic, we went a hundred percent virtual, um, as most people did. And, uh, you know, a lot of financial advisors, you know, including us really grew during that period. Um, it allowed us to have a lot more meetings without drive time and, um, you know, shorter meetings and, um, you know, it, it worked out well, ultimately, for our, 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 our industry, I think, overall, and our business. And we're thankful for that because there's a lot of businesses that really were suffering. Uh, so we're you know thankful that we were able to grow during that period. But now I would say it's uh, 
you know, probably closer to 50-50 again, 50% um, in person, 50% virtual. Nice, awesome. And then there's, um, is Offit Advisors, are you guys on a regular basis looking to bring on new junior advisors for you to train and coach and mentor and things like that? Or is that sort of like, it just uh, just organically kind of happens? Um, I think I think it's both. I mean, we want to keep growing as an organization because I think that creates more opportunities for our team and other people that haven't joined our team yet. And we want to help, you know, create more opportunities and also gives us more um, capability to serve more people. Um, and that's that's really our underlying mission is, uh, you know, like I said in the beginning, I'm I, about impact. So, um, you know, if it's just one solo person, you certainly can have impact, you know, but you can only physically help so many people without overload. You know, you can only help, let's say 150, you know, 200 clients or families. But if you build a team, you build systems and processes and, you know, um, you know, a team, you can multiply that tenfold and, you know, you have that much more impact. So that's really, yeah, you do. That, that's awesome. Well, that, that leads me with my, my last question. I know we're coming up on, uh, on the next commercial break and everything, and, and we're going to get into the, the, the health side of the health and wealth podcast. Um, but you know, what is, uh, how many households are you guys serving approximately right now? Then? I would say real households that are, you know, <clears throat> ongoing, regular, in touch clients, like that say, you know, Offit Advisors is our team, our, our resource for anything. Um, I'd say it's 300, you know, but then, um, you know, there's a lot of clients that are, you know, I guess more or less transactional we've touched in some way, maybe it was an insurance policy here or there or investment account there, but not full blown, you know, regular planning clients all the time, you know, so that with, you know, that many people, it's probably, probably near, I don't know, seven, 800, something like that. Wow. Okay. So, so cumulatively then between, and what you just got to saying, I kind of sort of call them customers and then clients, right? Like, yeah. like does everything with you every chance they get and you know they talk about you and or maybe they're even advocates right um and then of course the customer right so in total you're you're saying that you have somewhere around 800 to a thousand then combined between customers and clients yeah probably something like that yeah well because I, I know that obviously pnc real estate i mean you've got to be there's got to be so many different types of you know um touch points with you know whether it's a customer or a client that that's uh that's that's impressive by the way i i i can honestly say that in my 20 years you're one of i can't even think of someone else that has their real estate or pnc or life and health or securities um yeah i mean i i i think at the end of the day i mean i still believe this that a client you know wants to go to one place one source one team and that team can, you know, serve them and in all facets, um, you know, so now we're still doing tax planning and, you know, PNC, it's just the work we have partners to do it as opposed to us doing it in house. So we work with those partners very closely with our clients, but, um, I still think that's what clients really want. You know, they want integration, they want communication, 
Um, they don't want five different you know, advisors doing five different things that aren't working together. That's not one plan. It's really about one plan and all these products and services, you know, really cross over uh, at the end of the day. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's what we call the multidisciplinary team approach. Yeah. So um, it's, it's exactly what our business model is here and how we help advisors. I, I think offline, I think there might be some things that I can, uh, I can share with you that, uh, could potentially enhance some of the things that you're doing, but I got to tell you, I love philosophically everything I've heard. And, uh, and I can tell you that if you are shopping providers, when it comes to, uh, having a, a one-stop shop, uh, they definitely needed to, to reach out to you. And I know that we'll make sure in the show notes, we'll have your website and how people can be able to get in contact with you and, or your team and everything, uh, so that they can, find out how they could potentially become one of your clients or customers. So um, anyway, Tim James, that's pretty great segment guys. Um, It was good insight. So what we'll do, we'll take a quick break and when we get back, um, we'll let Ben ask me any question he wants about health. We'll be right back. You want the absolute best for yourself and you want it to be easy. That's why we created green 85 helps with detoxifying the body gently we're proud it's chemical free unlike almost all other supplements you'll find bottom line green 85 will get you healthier we look forward to hearing what green 85 did for you to get this product and our other amazing products go to chemicalfreebody.com that's chemicalfreebody.com What's up, Enrichers? Tim James here. I'm back with my co-host, Carter Wilcox. And today in the house, we've got Ben Offit, Certified Financial Planner. Ben, this is the segment of the Health and Wealth Podcast where we flip the script and you get to ask me any question about health. So what's your question, sir? Or questions? Yeah. Um. Are you familiar with the TB12 method? The TB12 method. I am not. Tell is me about Tom, it. Is that the Tom Brady? Yes. Method? I'm looking it up right now. So, uh, yeah, it's basically the Tom Brady method that he, you know, produced a book about, you know, crediting his longevity in NFL and his success in the NFL too. And it basically it involves, um, you know, adding pliability as a huge part of, of fitness, which is not just cardio or weightlifting, but it's like elongating and stretching your muscles, uh, mm-hmm. exercises and not using weights as much as using bands. Um, and then, um, you know, he's like 80% plant-based, I would say 20%, you know, animal protein. Um, and then, you know, I don't know, just different. He's got some interesting thoughts. I'm just, you know, curious if you had a thought about it. Well, yeah, I mean, I pretty much, I mean, it's so funny because we're actually going to put together a program, just have a cookie cutter program because that's what everybody seems to be selling out there. But um, I'm actually a yin yoga instructor. So what yin yoga is, it's three to 10 minute stretching postures. Because what I learned was actually way back in the day, I was, um, uh, going to Hawaii and, uh, for, uh, for a honeymoon with my wife at the time. 
And I was reading this article from Sports Illustrated. There was this big, huge NFL football player doing yoga with these ladies, which kind of looked funny, you know, especially back then. I still had my redneck man made ego going. And I was like reading it. But the NFL football players, if they could get an extra year or two, it could be millions of dollars for them. So they were getting their butts in there because it wasn't like their muscles weren't strong, but it was their ligaments and tendons were causing injuries. So when a baby's born, you can see, you know, they can move their legs all around and they're just all flexible. And then as we age, we stop moving because we're not out in nature like we should be as much. And we get these stupid, you know, desk jobs and we're not, you know, I mean, we get sedentary and we just don't move around. So the fascia, which is actually the largest organ in the body, uh, not the skin, skin's number two, the fascia, it's this interconnective tissue and it's kind of like taffy and it gets really hard. And, but if you give it a gentle pull, after about 90 seconds of gently pulling it, it starts to open up, right? And then it starts, you're actually lengthening and strengthening those, that fascia, ligaments, and tendons. So after the 90-second mark is when the benefits actually begin. So the first 90 seconds is just warming up the fascia. Then after that, at least 90 seconds, and go as long as you want, up to 10 minutes or so, you can actually really elongate those muscles. And you start going and turning the tide and going back to where you were as a baby and you actually become more injury, way more injury proof, right? Yeah, um, and that, that's his whole philosophy. I, you know, I, I think he tore his ACL like in the early 2000s and he didn't want that to happen again. And so he started figuring like, how can I get tackled or, you know, roughed up without as much likelihood of getting hurt? Yeah. So he could stay on About two and a half years ago, I actually interviewed um, Dr. John Jaquish, who um, has a, a band system and... And he claimed that it would triple muscle growth without injury and soreness. And so I looked into it, and there were some Harvard studies where they actually took the weight stacks and the universal machines with the dips and the pull-ups and all that stuff. And they, on one machine, they wrapped these elastic bands or um, uh, around the the weights themselves. The other ones they didn't. And they actually, the Harvard study showed they actually the people that had the bands wrapped around the weights as well triple the muscle growth. Well, what they found out was is that like. You know, when when you um, like are you're running or pushing or doing whatever, it's that last five to seven percent of movement is where most of your power comes from and your strength. So when you have an elastic band and you're down here, let's say doing bench press, there's like hardly any resistance at all. Whereas if you had 200 pounds of, you know, on a, a bar with some weight stacked on there, you would it would be like exposing your rotor, rotor, rotary um, uh, rotator cuff. This is where a lot of injuries come in. Guys get chest tears and stuff like that. And then you got to push it up. It's 200 pounds all the way through. Whereas the band, it starts out with zero and it incrementally goes up. But that last five to 7%, you could be at 250, 300 pounds. And then it goes back down to nothing. So what ends up happening is, is that with, with this, this growth curve and what Dr. Jaquish found out was like, you do one set, but at least 15 reps, but to failure. So you have to go to failure, complete muscle exhaustion, but one set. That's it. You don't do a second or third and you're going to get maximum growth with your muscle and you won't get the soreness because it's the second and third sets that you're depleting essential nutrients out of the muscles like glycogen is an example, right? So that's where the soreness comes in. So what I found out was like, okay, I'll try this. And I really wasn't paying attention hundred percent. And I was doing it like literally eight minutes a day. I didn't even go to complete exhaustion. I was just doing the 15 rep thing, but it was kind of hard, you know? And in like three, four months, I put on 11 pounds of muscle. And I was like working out like eight minutes a day, six days a week and no injuries, no soreness. 
So it gave me more time to do the stretching, right? Because I was really into yoga. And if you, especially if you drive to a yoga studio and drive back and you do an hour to an hour and a half, that's a big time commitment. But it's a huge investment in your longevity and your health because you're staying like a young kid. You're staying very pliable. Now, yeah. with that said, what ended up happening was I was I remember watching these uh, monks. And I think I've told this story before. There's the Shaolin monk comes out and he was like a master. And he said the monks that practice only the karate lose their their power basically in their 60s or 70s but the monks that practice the version of karate and the stretching or yoga type thing every day never lose their power they stay young and flexible and they stay very strong and resilient so there's multiple data points uh, that i've experienced myself from other people saying basically the same thing and now this tom brady thing's like another one plus i've been living this and i've helped hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of men and women get off of heavy weights and go into resistance band, late latex resistance bands. A lot of them are doing X3 like I have. Way better gains, and now they have more time to spend more time doing stretching and yin yoga to um, to balance out, you know, the the strength and everything, and and keep them young and pliable and young. So, anyway, so and then the other thing you mentioned was an 80% plant based diet or greater that he was doing. We talk about that all the time. If you look at the blue zones, the people that live the longest, there's certain pockets of areas around the world that have the most centurions, the people that live to a hundred it's number. It was like the four common commonalities. I'll just bring them up again because it's poignant. Number one, lifelong friends. That's why it's so important to get out and mix it up with your friends and stay in. You know, we're tribal. You have to be able to touch people and see their faces. And it's so important. That's how we're genetically made. If you get away from that stuff, you're hiding out, you know, uh, covering your face, you're, you're going against nature and creation. So number one, lifelong friends. Number two, they respect their elders in those cultures. High respect for them. Um, that was thrown you know, into a nursing home. Number three uh, was 80% plant-based diet or greater. So there it is. So, And the key here is I tell people, like, look, just fresher foods and eat a lot of plants and move up the ladder um, until you find a balance that works best for you. Now, you might end up being, you know, at least got to get at least 50%, but... Well, maybe it's 80% or 100 It just depends. Whatever makes you feel better, do that. So everything he's talking about is definitely stuff that we've been teaching and preaching over here. I've been living it my lifestyle now for 12 years. Yeah. So, and it it works. I mean, I'm 49 years old, and I'm literally running around the mountains for in seven miles trail running. Like, I could feel like a jackrabbit running around. It's, yeah. And I just, that's, that's the way it is now. And it's like, it's part of my life. And I look back when I was 42 pounds overweight and rectal bleeding and gastrointestinal issues and pooping rocks and blood. And it's like, I am very grateful. I do not want to go back into surgery again. So for those listening, don't wait. Okay. Don't wait till a wheel falls off. Like it happened for me. Let's get ahead of this. There's too many, too much success out there leaving clues. My story, Tom Brady's story, the Shaolin monks, the, there's just people all over the blue zones. All we got to do is just kind of copy what everybody else is doing. We're probably going to get similar results. Yeah. I, you know, I, I've definitely been on a health journey. Uh, I would say the past uh, few years, cause I love food. I love unhealthy food. Uh, I really do. And I can't really control myself once I get into it. So I need to force that discipline. Um, but um, anyway, I, you know, I, I've taken away some main like tenants from that, that book. Um, I think the other thing he talks about is hydration, which I never really thought about before. And he says that, you know, you need to drink in, uh, in, in ounces, like half of your body weight. So if you weigh, 
let's just say 200 pounds, you need to drink 100 ounces a day of water. Um, and that's a lot of water, you know, but, you, need, you know, that's what your body needs, he says. And he does it with electrolytes, um, which is interesting. And so I think, yeah. And then uh, the other two things that I've learned about, you know, is meditation, you know, just your mental health and, you know, setting aside time for that each day. Uh, and then the other thing I learned about, which I'm just curious, your takes take home on these things too, is um, I did this thing with a nutritionist where they took like a blood chemistry profile and then they, they looked at my blood and said, these are like the, like the, the vitamins or things that are like missing from your blood, or that could be better, I guess. Efficient. So, so now I'm like taking like zinc and vitamin K and vitamin D and like all this stuff, you know, so I'm interested in your, your, your take on that, on that, on those things I just mentioned. Absolutely. Well, you know, if we were eating like wild creatures and we were out there getting our 300 plus different varieties of food sources, which is not happening nowadays, we're getting about 52 and a lot of them are processed. I mean, think about the average person's consuming the same 14 meals over and over and over and over and over again. What are we going to get tonight? Oh, it's lasagna. Oh, it's pizza. It's like, you know, stroganoff or whatever. So it's kind of the same thing. Hamburgers, hot dogs, you know, salads, I guess are in there. But, um, as far as the blood profiling goes, we have to be very careful with that today because some, depending on the test that you did, um, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but I think it was vitamin, I think it was vitamin D they were looking for. And almost everybody is going to, that takes that test, it's a medical test, like literally, you're going to be vitamin D deficient. Right. And the reason why is not because 70% of us are. It's because they're looking for the synthetic version of vitamin D. That's how weird and corrupt it is. So, of course, you're going to be deficient. So then they send you down to sell you the synthetic version of vitamin D, which is a shadow of an offshoot of reality in the real world. So you want naturally occurring vitamin D, right? So, like, in our, we have a product called V-Stack, and it has vitamin A in it, vitamin D3, um, and that's from uh, lichen, which is the, you know, best source and the vitamin c is actually from camu camu berry um and the zinc that we have is actually chelated so it's not like just a rock mineral it's uh it's more more assimilable by the body so it's stuff like that you have to the supplement industry is really corrupted um or they just are very uneducated because i've met plenty of supplement company owners that are have good hearts good intentions but they just don't have a clue about formulation and even if they do have a clue about formulation, when they send it off to the manufacturing labs, they're putting things in like, you might want to check these out, man. Look at look for these things in your supplements. If you see magnesium stearate or silicon dioxide or dicalcium phosphate, then you're basically putting cat poop in a brownie recipe. It doesn't matter how good your brownies are or these supplements, you're putting toxins in them. So if you go to our website at chemicalfreebody.com and look at almost any of our labels, You'll see in big red, right by other ingredients, in red, no magnesium stearate, no silicon dioxide, no dicalcium phosphate, because we're trying to educate people to stop eating that stuff, right? It doesn't matter how good a formula is. It's like, why would you do that? Like, there's no way. Like, if, you know, um, I was drinking a glass of water and it had a drop of gasoline in it versus the one that was just pure water, which one are you going to eat? You're going to, well, you're going to drink the one with no gasoline in it. So why would we take supplements with a level three toxin on the EPA's toxin list? Just, it's okay, but it's a little bit, you see what I'm saying? It's just kind of weird. So, um, and here's the problem is that you might take these supplements and they, you might feel an effect, right? So that could come from many different ways that could come from, 
uh, probably the most diabolical one is they'll, they'll, they'll what's called micronize 10% or so, of uh, 5% or 2% of the formula. And that synthetic now becomes hyperabsorbable. So it goes, it literally rapes the cell and goes right into your cell because it's so tiny. It's like nanoparticles. And it goes right in and you feel it. So you think, wow, it's really working because it gave you this feeling. But it's like you just, you got, your cell got raped by a synthetic, right? So that's not cool at all. Um, the other thing could be is that maybe it's got some good stuff in it. Maybe it's got some reishi and chaga and mushrooms and some good probiotics and maybe some good nutrients in there, maybe a little wheatgrass powder. But then it's got half synthetics, like vitamin C is an example. It'll say in parentheses behind it, ascorbic acid. If you see ascorbic acid in parentheses behind vitamin C, you're consuming a synthetic. And most people don't know because they read the other stuff. Oh, it's vitamin C's in there. Okay, that's good. Because you have to, it's almost like you have to be Sherlock Holmes, NASA scientist today to navigate labels. We just try to simplify this stuff for people, man, because it's like once you have a basic understanding of how to read a label, you're much better. And another rule of thumb is just don't buy, don't buy supplements literally through grocery stores. I mean, there's very few that I would buy through a grocery store, especially the bigger the chains and the more commercialized, the bigger the corporations it's just safer to stay away from them. You better to go to like small little mom and pop places that have, and but you still have to read the labels. But online is probably one of the better choices. And I've had people for years trying to get me to put my stuff in stores. I mean, I, I've let a couple places do it because I know them. But we usually just sell retail direct to the client. So anyway, um, I agree with the water. We, we train, we teach the exact same thing. We teach 80% plant-based diet. We do band exercises. Uh, it's the same thing. We definitely talk about stretching fa fascia and ligaments and, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, it, and you don't have to look far for the results. So you can see what Tom's results are. You can see what my results are. Um, I have a whole bunch of people behind me with, you know, doing the same thing, and they're getting the similar results too. Cool. So I think you're on the right path, brother. Thank you. Thank you for your yeah. insight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I can tell you that one of the things that um, – that Tim said on, I bet it was probably uh, maybe eight or 10 episodes ago. And, and of course I get to be on this podcast and I get to hear all the different things that he reinforces. You know, we talk about, you know, water and, and of course what kind of water. And that's why I just showed you my, my glass jar because drinking out of glass, not out of plastic, go on and on. You, you can listen to any of the other podcasts uh, just on that section. And, and that's the, the common theme. But one of the things that Tim said that um, for me was was really telling because look we're busy we do have our day to day we have our family we're you know we're working you know the the standard American diet the sad diet as we call it right we you get so wrapped up into that and um, and he was talking to one of one of the guests that was on here you know financial advisor and asking some of these things and Tim said you have to make your health a priority and I never thought about it like that right like like. It has to be a priority. And when I started thinking myself, like my health is a priority, things started changing internally for me, right? Like like the, the type of water I drink, that was one thing, exercising. And one of the things that Tim turned me on to um, was that sauna. And, and, and we talked pre-show, maybe, maybe even early on in the show, Tim, we were talking about how, how I did the walk with my wife this morning. I got in that sauna, you know, 12 minute sauna. It's a, it's a single person sauna that I now swear by. This isn't a hard sell at all. What, by the way, this is, this is what taking your own health as a priority did investing 
into your own health as a priority for me was critical because I have a family. I want to be around a long time. My wife is six and a half years younger than me, right? So I'm already actually not going to outlive her anyway, right? So I started taking that as a priority. I just wanted to impart that on you, Ben, that it was impactful for me when Tim said, you know, to that one guest, you know, you got to make your health a priority. And I really started thinking about that. Like, yeah, I don't make it a priority. So, so for me, that's why now I'm like, man, I could eat that or I could do that and I could take the easy way out. But then I remember make your health a priority and that helps to, to give, and I, I mean, I fail from time to time where we all fall short on a lot of things. Right. But that, that for me, it's not, a, there's no such thing as failure, just happy accidents. Yeah, okay. Happy accident, whatever. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to share that with you, Ben, uh, you know, cause I'm a foodie myself. I love food. I can, I can, you know, eat all kinds of stuff, but you know, when you, when you try to make your health a priority and you really start thinking about how impactful, important that is, you got a family that depends on you. They count on you, right? For a myriad of different things, just like you count on your wife for certain things. And, and, you know, when we start making our own health a priority, everything around us starts getting better. Yeah. Something else I wanted to share, uh, Ben, you mentioned that you, you know, I, I get it. Like you, you like junk crappy foods and you just go off the rick and just like Garfield, right? Eat them all. The reason why that's happening, there's multiple factors there. Sounds like you had a pretty good upbringing from your childhood. So it doesn't sound like there was like a lot of like getting beat up or mental abuse or physical abuse, that kind of stuff. But if we just look at it on a physical level, most of the time it's, there's a couple things going on. Number one, your immune system is dropped and there's these little critters, these harmful organisms that kind of get out of control because you've had antibiotics as an example. You've wiped out part of your bacterial immune system, the microbiome in your gut. So things like candida, which is a yeast overgrowth, they can literally hijack the vagus nerve, which is connection between your gut and your brain and like literally steer you to go eat like Haagen-Dazs or like a banana nut loaf at Starbucks and parasites will want that too. So besides going through, we usually help people do those cleanses, but on the basis level, the simplest thing to start off with, we have two products that we get everybody on. One is called gut detox and you initially double down on it for 15 days. And then you just take three a day for maintenance and you drink that with our green formula twice a day. And that's going to replace the 85% of the nutrients been missing in the soil. So what ends up happening is your cells are now going to get what's missing in the food chain for you. And they're going to start sending signals to you that you're just not that hungry. So you'll notice on that program with just the gut detox and doing the greens twice a day that your grocery, well, you're, you're going to eat half as much. You just can't eat. You just can't eat it anymore. And you're just like, how am I even living on this? I don't even eat that much. I used to think I had to do it. So, and it just, it takes a little time, but within a week or two, you'll start actually craving uh, the green formula and um, it just makes it easier for you. And then you don't need that discipline and willpower because it's, it's too hard of a road. You want to get to a point where it's just, that's the way it is. You don't have the cravings anymore. So those are usually come from long-term nutrient deficiencies on a cellular level. And by do, clean, using the gut detox to clean up the digestive tract so you can get maximum absorption of the greens as they go in through the intestinal lining, you'll, you'll notice a big difference. Um, and your grocery bills probably drop a hundred bucks a month easy, um, because you won't be able to eat as much. So that's something I would recommend. Cool. Thank you. All right. Awesome. Ben, do you have any other questions for, um, my co-host? And you don't have to think of something, I promise. So, you know, they, these are, I mean, really, really great takeaways 
already. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, that he he shared with you and everything, but 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 if there was something pressing that you really wanted to know, please ask. Yeah, I guess is the green formula kind of like the like the you know uh, different vegetables and fruits in like a powder form, like the alkalizing kind of thing and water. Yes, yeah, it's highly concentrated, like four to one, six to one, ten to one, twenty to one juice concentrates of like wheatgrass, uh, spirulina. Um, there's, there's, I, we even have dandelion leaf in there, which is a top 10 yeah. adaptogenic, um, herb and, you know, acai berry, um, just a whole bunch of stuff. There's actually vitamin D3. We added it during the whole COVID thing, just cause yeah. I knew people were deficient, but, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's really hard because when you, when you do those high concentrations on greens, usually it tastes like pond scum. <laughs> it just doesn't taste that great. Right. And we used to sell it straight up, but we, we found a way to put a little raspberry and monk fruit in there to kind of blend it. So now it's just kind of like a light green tea. Most people have no problem with that. And if you, if you are adverse to the taste, your cells still need it. And you, if you don't like the taste, then your body really, really needs it. That's a really big sign that you do need it. You can mix lemon juice with it or lime juice, fresh squeezed. Um, you could put it in unsweetened cranberry juice. You can mix it with nut milks. Um, those are th- some things that you can do as options just to get it in you. And then, like I said, after a while, just let it work its magic. And most people are so deficient. It's just like, it's almost like a cactus that was just about ready to die. And then the, the rains finally came and it comes back. That's how you're going to feel. Cause most people, their cells have just never, I mean, you're, most people are operating on 15% fuel if that. And when you yeah. can start having 100% dropped in there, it's it's a complete game changer. The coffees start going away, the five-hour energy drinks, the monster drinks, those things just slowly fade off into the distance. You don't even have to quit them. They'll just kind of give you up because they they'll start making you not feel good when you take them. Mm. Yeah, very interesting. I guess real quick, do you think people shouldn't drink coffee or caffeine? And, and also, um, I know there's just been like this revolution and like, it seems like at least in like, you know, marijuana and the future of like mushrooms being used now. I'm just curious if you have any thoughts on, on that in the future, you know, sure. using that. Well, the, as far as coffee goes, most of the coffee out there is full of mold. So people are just drinking this moldy substance. And we've been working hard for 12 years over here to help people get mold out of themselves. So if they were going to do coffee, um, there's a company called Life Boost and they do shade grown coffee, which coffee supposed to be grown in the shade but what they do is they harvest it or they excuse me they whack down all the forest over there and they just start growing coffee beans out in the sunshine and for some reason that's causes mold um that one guy i can't remember his name dave asprey um built the whole company around that you know selling coffee for four or five times as much as regular coffee just because he was educating people that hey you're drinking mold right so you probably don't want to do that so if you're going to do coffee i would say go to a shade grown coffee that's more alkalizing and it's not processed with chemicals as well. And um, drink your greens first in the morning. And then drink your acidic or less acidic coffee. Because the first thing after a night's sleep, you just don't want to throw acid into your body. You're, you know, you want to throw some water, should be number one, and then alkalizing greens. And then maybe have a little bit of coffee. And just kind of let it go that way. Now, as far as the um, marijuana stuff goes, you're talking about THC, I think, that's actually a problem because of through hybridization, it's so far concentrated. I mean, like you could take a puff of a joint today and be blasted off into space because it's like 28% THC, right? Now, there are certain circumstances where like Rick Simpson oils that could be helpful where it's in a tar oil form to help people with cancer and there's benefits there. But CBDs from the hemp plant um, 
is um, very powerful stuff. But you have to find good quality. Just just buying CBD because it says CBD on it's probably marketing. So again, you're probably less than five percent of the companies out there that I would actually put in my body. But there's huge, huge benefits. We have these endocannabinoid receptors throughout our body, lots of them. So we're literally designed for it. And we've seen people heal up from like, you know, major injuries um, in a third of the time, like broken hands and arms. We've seen uh, people with torn Achilles um, um, stuff like that. And people literally heal up in a third of the time if they're doing a really high quality CBD um, along with, you know, eating better. And, and we usually have them taken our other products too to clean them up and stuff. But and then as far as mushrooms goes, man, um, major major kick assness with these mushrooms like we've there's people that are micro dosing there's people that are um we have a, pro, a product called multi shroom that has like chaga reishi lion's mane mataki shiitake and a full complete fulvic humic acid so it's like multi-mineral formula all in one and i built that one for me to have a different build of for a path of immunity i wanted to be able to boost my immune system with mushrooms but what we found out was, is besides doing that, it works great for people with anxiety and depression. And the most common thing that we get back from that is it gives me a wave of calmness. When people take it, they just feel calmer. They feel more connected. And it really helps people with anxiety and depression, which was a major issue. Major. I mean, depression is like the number one, like number one selling uh, pharmaceutical drugs. So huge market out there for people. Shrooms are great. Um, I still think people should eat them. Um, there's, it's a whole big discussion, but yeah, there's, there's definitely, it's an emerging field, but it's going to be a, it's going to be slow walk through, through, you know, mainstream, you know, clinical trials and all that stuff. So while everybody's waiting around for those clinical trials, if you would like to get ahead of the curve and be eating them and using them medicinally, like people have been using for thousands and thousands of years, you can just, you know, meet somebody like myself or somebody who's doing it and just again, copy and see how it works for you. And if you feel good, keep doing it. If you don't, then don't. You know, but um, definitely very mushrooms are a powerhouse out there, man. There's actually a movie called Fantastic Fungi. Yeah. Uh, by Paul Stamets. Have you seen that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good one. I need to get him on my show. Um, that, that's, that was, he's, he's a cool dude. He took it and ran with it, obviously, in a big way. So, yeah, mushrooms are huge, and we've seen uh, tremendous benefits for the people that are taking our multi-stream product. Cool. Well, thank you for your insight. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for coming on today and sharing. Appreciate you. All right. Yeah, yeah. You guys. yeah, for sure. And, 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 uh, by the way, there's, there's plenty more where this came from and, and I will make sure that, um, you know, in, in a separate email or whatever, I'll send you some information on, um, you know, all of our guests, we do a, a discount for them. If they ever shop on chemical free body and everything, and you just use the code enrichers or enricher, think it uh, plural or not, uh, that you'll get a discount on that, but I'll send you some information on that on, on the side. But uh, anyway, hey, Enrichers, speaking of you, thank you so much again for joining us for another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. And to be able to see all of our other guests and, and wonderful guests like Ben Offit, CFP of Offit Advisors, uh, which may, we'll make sure that all of his how to get in contact with him uh, will be in the show notes and everything. You can check out his website and, and all of the ways to be able to get in contact with Offit Advisors. Uh, make sure to go to our website and um, at www.thehealthandwealthpodcastshow.com. And make sure to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Uh, so for my fantastic co-host, 
Mr. Chemical Free Body himself, Tim James, always sharing and enlightening us on uh, on all things health. I am the CEO and founder of CSI Financial Group. Um, wishing you all a fantastic and wonderful rest of your day. Ben, thank you again so much for coming on the show. You were a great guest. And, uh, and thank you for sharing with your enricher, with our enrichers your backstory and what you're doing over there at Alpha Advisors. Thank you, guys. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. So, enrichers, until next time, make sure you uh, live that life of abundancy, and we will see you on the Health and Wealth Podcast. Thank you, everybody. Hey, enrichers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Carter Wilcoxon. And I'm your host, Tim James. And by God, we are committed to helping you guys have fat wallets flat bellies. So tune in again for another episode and make sure to like, share, and drink a lot of water. Or beer. You have just listened to the Health and Wealth Podcast with Carter and Tim. 